everyone. Welcome back to another episode of You I Do. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. We have a very special guest on the show with us today, and she's even more special than all of our other guests because I'm actually related to her. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself, guest? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Tania, for having me on. Um, My name is Raquel Watson. And I'm the owner of Staten Ovations Wedding Events based here in Georgia. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. We've been, yes. this has been like, y'all, it's been in the works for like a very long time. <laughs> but um, I'm so glad we're finally going to be able to talk to Raquel tonight about a very, very um, good topic that despite where you are in your wedding planning journey, I think will relate to you because it is all about dealing with your bridal party and all of the things surrounding that because it's not always warm and fuzzy like you'd want to believe so before we dive into all that first like can you tell us like what got you in the wedding industry and how long have you been in it well um what really got me into the wedding industry was when I got engaged um I've been married 16 years and Kelvin and I got engaged At that time, 16 years ago, we didn't have social media. You didn't have all the different websites um, to actually go and say, hey, what about wedding cakes and all this stuff pop up? What about venues? All these reviews pop up. You didn't have all of those things. You basically was really looking at word of mouth or just doing your footwork, going and physically looking at locations. And I was excited. But also I was frustrated because I didn't have anyone to really help me. And my mother didn't really know either because, you know, she when she got married 52 years ago, they didn't have anything less than what I had. So it became very frustrating to me. So that was one of the reasons why I got started was because I didn't want anyone else to have to go through that digging and researching and having to also try to enjoy the planning process on top of all the stress of planning. And then the second one is I've always loved events. Um, My grandmother, um, God rest her soul, she was like the family matriarch that loved to entertain for anything. It's it's a running joke within our, on my dad's side of the family that uh, we would set the table, truly set a table for like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. She would actually teach me how to set tables. We would have the china out just to eat sandwiches. She's like, you shouldn't just have things and don't use them. So she loved to plan and to party. So that was one of the main reasons as well. So with those two combinations, I've been doing weddings and events now for over 13 years. Um, but like I stated, one of the main reasons was I just didn't want anyone else to have that stress that I had to go through to figure out what to do and how to plan a wedding plus enjoy it. So that's always my high moment when I actually hear bride say, thank you for taking this off for me. Thank you for relieving that stress. So um, majority of my work is weddings. I would probably say 80% of the events we do are weddings, but we also do special occasions and corporate events, um, planning conferences as well. I'm based, like I said, here in Georgia, but we do events in North Florida. Uh, We travel to South Carolina, to Alabama, um, destination weddings. Uh, we try to accommodate those as well. Very nice. So you're basically, if, if a bride is just like, look, I don't want to do this. I'm overwhelmed. I could just reach out to you and you'll take it from there. So perfect. 
Yeah, I love it. Everybody's like, you love doing that? I was like, yeah, I don't really. And it always says when you find something you love, it's not a job. And it's mm-hmm. really not. I mean, like I, I can be up some nights just doing extra wedding stuff because I want to, not because I have to, because I love it. That's even more what you need. A vendor mm-hmm. that loves what she's doing because. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When you as a bride are getting stressed out, <laughs> you don't need your uh, wedding planner to be stressed out either. <laughs> and I also only do no more than 12 to 15 events a year. And okay. the reason why is I can get a little OCD and I tell my brides that going into it, I'm very stickler about details and oversight. So if I want to give it 110%, I don't need to be having 30 plus 20 plus events a year because that's how I want to run standard ovation. Yes. Mm. I get event requests all the time, way beyond that number, but I know what I want to give events. So I try to stick to that number every year. That's where I stay. That's why my business, I feel is flourished because I do keep that number and I stay within that realm because I want to give it my all. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. y'all. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't have to <laughs> grab everything that comes your way, y'all. Like, look, Mm-mm. perfect. Okay, well, we are now going to play a quick game of this or that, which um, is something we've been doing every episode now. And it's pretty fun. I mean, it's like, you know, those Instagram games where you pick between mm-hmm. this one or that one. Um, so mm-hmm. we're going to start out with you, Raquel, but. Basically, I'm going to give y'all two options and you have to choose one and tell us why. So to start off, the mother of the groom that wants to go dress shopping with you or the mother of the bride that wants to wear a white dress to the wedding? Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord, that's 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 a hard one. Um, Let's say the mother of the bride that wants to wear white. Um, okay. I would choose I would choose that and try to work with her on that because a lot of times I've gotten that because I think a lot of times mothers that didn't have the weddings mm-hmm. they are trying to live their wedding through their daughter so it's it's an easier fit to hear their ideas and their dreams. And I always have those side conversations with the mothers like, okay, let's, I know you're paying because they'll be quick to tell you, you know, I'm paying for all of this. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's easier to try to have that conversation with, you know, just starting from their daughter, this their day, let's see how she's going to shine. Let's see what dress she's going to come out in. And by the time you keep up playing the daughter, they're easier to back away from that white dress because they don't, want to feel like they're outshining their daughters. So it's a task, but you have to approach it very cautiously with them because nine times out of 10, that's why they want to wear a white dress. That makes sense. I didn't even think about it like that. Is there a chance of mm-hmm. getting that moment? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, Tania, what about you? Um, I would say I prefer the mother of the groom that wants to go dress shopping with you because in my current situation, I love his mom. So (laughs) that's that's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) So you'll let her go shopping with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'd actually want her to be there just because, you know, like 
our relationship is growing Aww. and you know like lately i've been telling her you know like my highs and like my lows and stuff like that so i want her to be there yeah oh that's special okay <laughs> um <laughs> i would probably agree unless i don't know i don't think i want my mom wearing white with me if i'm wearing white like i don't want you i don't want her to share that moment with me like that um okay so next round the bridesmaid that can't attend anything because she lives in another country or the bridesmaid that is like end of her second trimester pregnant oh wow which one are you putting in your bridal party oh <laughs> <laughs> i would probably say the bridesmaids that's away in another country that can't attend my wedding um okay because one we we apparently we we have a good relationship because even though she is away um we talk all the time and i see her all the time and and let's just talk about in this realm that we're in i can get her on skype i can get on facetime zoom i can get her to be a part of the events even if she's not able to be there physically so i probably put that bridesmaid in my bridal party that's a good answer okay this is hard this is very hard just because (laughs) if you know if the bridesmaid that's away that cannot attend your wedding that leaves you one person down so then it's kind of like well then who else am i going to replace her with that's if you want her to be replaced and so but then like then the bride who's in her last trimester oh she's probably gonna be miserable mm-hmm. uh, i was thinking like what is she going labor mm-hmm. you know, yes yeah. like what if she starts having contractions like eva mm-hmm. in the real hospital of Atlanta <laughs> at like, that look, one event <laughs> you gotta hold it for two hours <laughs> yes. exactly oh that's hard yeah. exactly but you know and think what? like your wedding is still like another six months away. Like, okay. so she would have had the baby by the time of the actual wedding, but to attend like the bridal shower and the bachelorette and do all that stuff, she's going to be good and pregnant then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to have to go with the, with the pregnant bridesmaid because, okay. you know, like if she can't attend the, you know, like all the events leading up to the wedding, that's fine because okay. the other bridesmaid wouldn't have been able to do it either. So, right. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the pregnant bridesmaid. How about you? Well, I don't know. It's about the same to me because if, <laughs> I mean, they both like, she can still, the bridesmaid that's pregnant seems like she could still attend some of this stuff. She's just gonna like, she might not be able to stand as long. She might have to pee a little bit more frequently, which, you know, and she's not going to drink and I don't really drink either. So that's, I mean, it's okay. Um, I'd probably say, I don't know though, but like the bridesmaid in another country, maybe that's where y'all go for the bachelorette because she's already over there. And, but it it all depends on why she's in the other country. Is she in the military (laughs) Is she working? Yeah. Mm, that's you true. Know. Yeah, that's right. true. Like- I didn't even think about that. Okay, I'm gonna stick with the pregnant one. I'm gonna stick with the pregnant one. <laughs> that was good. I'm, I'm, it's a toss up. Yeah. It's a toss up. Okay. All right. We got good, two though. more. We got two more to go. All right. So 
all of the bridal party participating and contributing to the bridal shower in the bachelorette or just the maids and matrons of honor being the ones that plan and contribute. What was the first part? Everybody. And then the second. Uh, yeah. Part so like everybody. Mm -hmm. So all of them are coming together to come up with the ideas and they're all chipping in the money or just the maids and matrons. <laughs> Tania is shaking her head. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, in a real world, <laughs> you will want everybody to contribute that way. Everybody can feel a part of the decision because I've seen it both ways. I've seen it where it's just been the maid of honor and the matron plan it, pay for it. And then the other bridal party members there are complaining under their breath, making all these side remarks. Oh, we didn't want to come here. Da, 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 da. But I feel like if everyone contributes, then you can get a consensus of the group and then go from there. So that for me, um, really that happened to me with my wedding party group. It, it was to the point, and then my sister-in-law, she didn't tell me all the behind back scenes stuff after the wedding, but she's like, oh my God. So, but it's best to me if everybody does it. Okay, I agree. Raquel, like, <laughs> Raquel, when you said, you know, in the real world or in a perfect world, mm -hmm. you would hope everyone contributes. Yep. But what but, really happens? But, you know, Adam and Eve kind of came through and, you know, Messed up our perfect yeah, world. Messed up, yeah, yeah, messed up our little perfect yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, because of that, um, I mean, I've been in a situation where we all contributed, and then I've been in another situation where, you know, it was just a couple people, you know, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you got to make the bride happy. So, yeah. I'm just going to say the maid and the matron of honors, like, I feel like, like they can hold things down, mm -hmm. you know, and you won't have any complaints. You won't have any, like, oh, you know, like any back and forth with them. So I'm going to go that route because okay. the bridesmaid route is a little messy. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get that. Um, yep. I think in theory, yeah, you would definitely want everyone to participate, but people have different priorities, different financial obligations. And even if you kind of give it to them up front, like, Hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. This is how it might cause, this is probably what we're going to do. You're always going to have some sort of back and forth. And sometimes I think folks just like to be told where to show up, what to do, because they got already so much else going on in their personal lives where it's like, <laughs> where it's like, just tell me where I need to go. Yeah. If, you, if you want me to yeah. give you some money, how much money I need to give you. you. And yeah, yeah. Just like put me where I need to be when I need to be there. So yeah, I get but, it. But let me say, I'm going to need those bridesmaids to ask, hey, is there anything that I can do? Let me be the one to tell you no. Let me be the one to tell you. Don't oh, just no. assume. Yeah, that, don't just yeah. assume. You right. know, offer up some money. You know, be kind. Yeah. The Bible says yeah. be kind and be tenderhearted. Okay, so they, <laughs> come on, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> you are true. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. 
All right, last round, y'all. All right, so having your male best friend as a bridesman or having him next to all the groomsmen? So having him as a groomsman, where are you putting him? It depends on his personality and what he, I will ask him where he feels most comfortable, you know, because I do have male friends that are very close and I would ask them that to find out which will be most comfortable for them. Um, not just assuming, okay, you're my male friend and I'm doing girls. So you need to be here or vice versa. So I would ask them and, and whatever they feel comfortable doing, that's where I would have them at. Makes sense. Okay. Tania, what about you? Um, I'll put them on the groom side just because I okay. mean, yeah. I mean, I would hope that him and my future husband are close enough to, yeah, you know. a good relationship, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I would definitely put them on the groom side. Okay. How about you? Um, I think it would depend on his relationship with both of us. Like, if he has a closer relationship with me, then maybe just have him on my side. But if we're both cool with him, then he could be over there. <laughs> And I think, too, Mm -hmm. it might boil down to, like, the numbers. Like, how many people do I have and how many people does he have? And, like, is it equal or are we kind of lopsided? If so, we could also kind of adjust that way, too. So, yeah. Yeah. It all depends. Well, that was a fun little round of this or that. Yeah. It was. Gave y'all some tough ones this time. We're going to take a quick break for an ad and then we'll be right back. And I would love for you to go to iTunes after you listen to this episode, of course, and let us know how much you love us or offer us some feedback. We would really appreciate that. And that would help us out a lot. We wish you all much love and success. Now let's get back into this episode. All right. And we are back. Um, And like I said earlier, we're talking to Raquel from Standing Ovations. And we are going to talk all about like how do you deal with your bridal party um and even like those family members that just don't do right and can't get right so because look we've every now and then there's like the perfect bridal party situation perfect families that all just mesh and get along and everything's cool and then sometimes you have those bridesmaids that don't want to answer their phones or respond to text messages or um you know just don't want to chip in when it's time to chip in or like you know don't want to do things but then got an attitude so we we have a lot to kind of kind of process and discuss and so so happy that we have you here to chat with us about all this so just to kick it off what are the roles and responsibilities kind of traditionally as a bridesmaid or like a maid or matron of honor Okay, well, for me and my team with Standard Innovations, that's like one of the questions on my questionnaire that I ask when I'm in a consultation with a bride to be considered her wedding planner. Just ask them some open-ended questions about what they envision that day to be, who they've envisioned to be around them on that day to support them. Just trying to get a feel for them so that I will feel comfortable coming back and telling them, okay, well, you know, these are the responsibilities of the maid of honor. 
Um, and if you have a matron, this is the responsibility of the matron. Um, and it's always been that the matron of honor is your bridal party member who's married. And if you've got several that are married, they are the oldest one that is married of the group. And then you have your maid of honor um, is the next person that is, is closest to you that you know will be there for you, kind of knows the ins and outs of what you want. If you can't be reached, if you're at work, but your maid of honor is off and you want to say, hey, go over Kayla, do such and such. You trust her. You trust them to do what you would have done if you was there. So I always go over those two roles and the best man role, the same for the, the guys. The best man is the closest person. It doesn't have to be your sibling. It doesn't have to be your best friend. It can even be your father. That's what we're seeing a lot of now with the groomsmen. A lot of the best men are their dads. So it is like, it's all about trust and who you know will be there for you through this process. So I go over those three roles, just making sure the couple truly understand who you are about to give this responsibility to for the journey that we're going on for the next 12 to 18 months, or however long we're planning your wedding. Someone that is going to be there for you. It's not about always, you know, well, I don't like that. I don't want you to do this. It's not your day. <laughs> so you want somebody that's going to be there to support you in that role. And then the remaining of the bridal party, for me, when a couple come to me and say, I got five bridesmaids and five groomsmen, I'm like, on cloud nine. Because the smaller the number, the less headaches, the more ability you get them to truly understand what needs to go on. They're reachable. You can talk with them. Um, it's not that hard. I always say when you get up to the 10, 15, I even had somebody had 20. So that was a wedding party of 40. Excuse me. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Wait. And that's like that's like herding cats. So I'm wait, like, so how many people were attending this wedding then? It was like a 300 guest wedding. Okay. Ooh, okay. Okay. That makes both, sense. Ooh, they both have big families. So she had three sisters, four, three sisters, two brothers, and he had four sisters. Four, they had big families. So they were all close. So majority of the wedding party were siblings. So then they brought in their college friends and then he was in a fraternity. So it became a lot. So when I have couples that tell me, oh, I only have five, I only have two. Well, I'm so excited because <laughs> it's not an issue to get them on board with the responsibility of being in those roles. So I always try to just have that side conversation with them. And then if they haven't already extended the, hey, be my bridesmaid or hey, be my groomsman. I asked them, can I be a part of that process with them? And then if they want me to come to that first meet and greet and just go over the responsibility so they don't have to feel like the person to tell people what they have to do, I will do it as a planner. That kind of takes the stress off of them as well, because now the way the part of realize we've got to talk to Raquel about this. We're not going through the groom and the bride because Raquel is running it to this point of what we need to be doing. So they're not going to tell me no as quickly as they would. The, they wouldn't make excuses. If I say I need y'all to be here at five o'clock, they're going to probably more than likely be there at five o'clock and say, hey, can we change the time to seven? Because, you know, I got to pick up such and such. And I don't get off work. Mama can't keep the baby. 
instead of giving the bride all the reasons why and the bride saying, okay, we'll wait for you because you don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. So I always try to just go into that, making sure they truly understand the responsibility of the role. Cause it's a lot. It is. It is a lot. And I think people is, it's not just about you getting a pretty dress or you got this sharp custom made tucks and the shoes and the socks and all that match. And we can take these bomb pictures. It's more than that before it gets to that. Right. So you want the group to have fun. You want your group to be there for you. And like you said earlier, you know when you get that group of people that really care about that bride and groom and you feel it. As a planner and my team, we talk about it all the time. Like this was a good group. They really care about them. We didn't have to, we don't have to go behind them. We ain't got to make sure they doing what we said. They dress, they here, they on time. They coming to us, Ms. Raquel, is there anything else you need us to do? Is there anything that's not done that needs to be taken care of? When you get a group of wedding party members like that, you got a golden group. And we've had that several times. Now we've had the ones we had to crack the whip with. Keep them from getting drunk before the wedding. I mean, we we you name it, I've seen it. So, <laughs> so it's it's a lot to go into being over a wedding party, and then there's a lot of things that some wedding party members will come and tell us that they wouldn't tell the bride or groom. Like I had one just break down to me one time. She's like, I just can't be happy for her right now. I got too much going on. In my personal life, work, I just can't do this. I can't be happy. So I'm sitting there almost in a therapy session trying to, you know, help her ease her anxiety and find out how she want me to handle it with her friend. And she's like, I just don't want to disappoint her by dropping out. I said, well, it's a good thing you're talking about it now because we're early on. But so I think you should just sit down and have that conversation. And I think she will appreciate it more with you talking with her now than wait until we get halfway through this process. Then saying that now she got to get somebody else if needed order a dress if needed. There's a lot of things that can trickle and affect that if you wait too long. So it's a lot that go into that behind the scenes with getting a good wedding party and talking with them about what they need to do and their responsibility of being in those roles. Man, this was good. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's had me reevaluate who I'm putting in my future <laughs> wedding. I'm, like, I'm not even there yet. So, <laughs> but I mean, but you made some valid points. I think as a future bride, as a bride, you know, like you just want your best friends there with you, mm-hmm. but your bridal party has a huge responsibility. And yeah. I think that people don't really realize that. I mean, of course they realize it once they're in the thick of things, but they're just so excited because they want to be on Instagram or Facebook. You know, they want to be like, I was in, you know, I was in her wedding, you know, blah, blah. We're going to turn up. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. There's other responsibilities that go along with that. And if you don't, and if you are not in the position to handle those tasks and, you know, Mm -hmm. be, at that bride's, you know, um, every call, then maybe that's not the job for you. Right. And I call it a job because, I mean, to be honest, it is a little, you know, it is a job. I mean. (laughs) Like for for the 18 months, it really is. Yeah. And then part the financial part of it, Mm -hmm. just say if you're not the couple that's paying for their attire, um, then let's say it's some travel involved in it. 
So I always try to just get them to sit down. Let's talk about everything that you were thinking you may want for them to be a part of and put a number on it. Then when you put that number on it, they be like, it's going to cost that much for them to be a bridesmaid. I didn't think of that because now you got to think of not only how that's going to affect their household at this point. So the sooner you kind of figure out some of the number, it may not be the truly exact amount, but give them a ballpark figure so they can play with that with their budget. Because if they've got to pay for all this, they got to fit that into their household budget. So we have to actually realize, can they afford to do what you're asking and still not feel some type of way if they can't and feel comfortable enough to come and say, hey, I may can't be your bridesmaid, but do you need a hostess? Do you need an usher? Do you need someone to do a reading during the ceremony? What other areas do you feel like I could help you on? But I just can't afford that right now because they got two little kids. They may have just bought a home. It may be some things that going on that you don't even know financially is going on with them. So I always try to tell them to put a, a ballpark figure financially on it so that they can look at that early on and say, yeah, I can do that. Um, because you, I, they sending me these Pinterest boards with these custom tucks and these custom dresses. And I'm like, now the bridesmaid dress is about $400 and the tucks about $300 plus the shoes and all that. Then you, you're asking them to spend almost $1,200 on your wedding by the time we get through with all this. And they never thought of it like this. So it's best early on to put a number on then to start doing things individually. And then that person, now she asked me to give her $200 last month. I got to spend $400 this month. And then they start trickling and they in the middle of it. And it's hard for them now to say, I can't afford it because they don't spend so much of it already. Mm -hmm. To create an onboarding package for my bridesmaids. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Yeah, because yes. I still yes. want my friends at the end of all this, you know. Right, so. right, right. You know how your mom always say that you got to live after this now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what criteria do brides generally use to select their bridal party? What I've seen is if they were their friends since they were two, three, preschool, that's somebody that you know is going to be a part of the wedding party. If they've had that relationship ever since then, they are sisters, brothers, they want and then they want their siblings in their wedding. They'll use that. Line sisters, frat brothers, line brothers, they'll, they'll use that. If they're close to their line members, they'll use that. I've seen them, they'll use co-workers. And, and that was one I was kind of like, mm, your co-worker, well, you want to meet you? So, but, you know, they, they gave the story of how, why they want the co-worker being there because they were close to the co-worker than they were to a sister that they had. So, you know, so they, I, I've seen them use several different, you know, reasons why, but those are some of the main reasons that I've seen that come up with the reason why they want somebody in their wedding party. Yeah, I do have a, a former coworker that I'm really, really close to. So I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, they always say that you spend half your time or like, I don't even know how they say it. Like, like you spend the majority like half of your, your time, life. You yeah. like half your yeah. life with your coworkers. Yeah. yeah. So, so I get it, especially if you've been working at that place or that facility or office, you know, for a while. So I get yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whew. All right. So should brides feel obligated to include their sisters in their bridal party? And what about like in-laws? Like if 
the groom has a sister or like a sister-in-law, do they have to be in the bridal party? You know, I always tell them this is your wedding and there's nothing set in stone. How, how many people, what you do, how it's set up, who go in first, who come out last. There is no set in stone that if you do this, it don't work. I mean, so it's really what the couples want. They should sit down and talk about it. And we kind of discuss that if I get a sense that, you know, she don't want his sister as a bridesmaid because she don't have a relationship with her or vice versa. He don't want her brother in the wedding party because he doesn't have a relationship with him. And it just feel awkward. Like it's a forced way of trying to get to know them. So I, I basically leave that up to the couples to let me know truly how they feel about that because it's not set in stone. Um, you don't have to. But what I do notice is what a lot of couples do to avoid that. They may use that as a reason to only have two bridesmaids, two groomsmen or, you know, a smaller number. So they don't feel like they have to be put in that situation while one, I'm trying to build a relationship with my my wife, my husband. I don't want no tension starting on day one because I didn't put her brother in or I didn't put his sister in my wedding party. So, and then you have family in your ear. I've seen parents like, why aren't you putting your brother in there? Why aren't you putting your sister in there? That's your sister. Why are you not doing it? Because at the end of the day, it's their day. It's what they want. It doesn't mean you love them any less than you did without this wedding. It's just how you structured that day. But I can say if that was the one thing I could go back and change with my own wedding, I would have done that. I would have reduced the number of people. And because I, I think I had eight, if I can remember, I think it was like seven and seven. But I would have did that. I would have reduced that number because you really want somebody standing at that altar who has your best wishes at heart, who's praying for you, who wants you to have everything that you deserve and have worked so hard for you want to feel that. And I always just feel like the smaller the number, the better. But you don't want to feel like you have to do something because that's what somebody else telling you you have to do because you don't have to do it. So it's really up to that couple to sit down and talk about. Let's talk about our wedding party. Let's talk about what we want and how that's going to look. What's going to make you feel comfortable as my husband? What's going to make me feel and vice versa as your wife? What do we want? And not listen to the naysayers out there and then support each other when that happens. If his mom or someone start telling him he's got to do something, then they should support each other and say, no, we've made the decision as to this is what we want for our wedding party and not leave them out there to, to answer that on their own. Oh, yes. That was such a good answer. Because I thought about like, that's part of how my wedding party ended up getting so big because I felt like okay, you do this on one side, you got to do this on another, like you got to do this, got to do that. And I've seen folks' weddings that it, it was kind of the same where it's like they might have been closer to folks from college, but mm -hmm. because they had a little sister or, uh, you know, like, um, or an older sister that was maybe like 10, 12 years older and they didn't really have a relationship, they felt like they had to put them in their wedding just because they're family mm -hmm. and just because it's like, oh, she's a girl, I'm a girl, she has to be a bride's Right, right, right. right. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, so 
What generally causes conflict within a bridal party? Um, whew, you can have a lot of different factors. Um, one of the, the main things, too, that I didn't state when for is you're trying to decide who you want in there. Personalities, and it's kind of hard to always get them to mesh, but you do want to try to avoid putting that one strong opinionated person in the group of friends that is going to per se take over, but you don't know they're taking over, but everyone else is like, okay, why is she making all these decisions or why is he doing all this when we all were chosen to be in the wedding and now they're making it about them and what they think she wants or what, what he thinks he wants instead of all of us coming together. So that usually what I've seen become the conflict is when you got some strong personalities, button heads, and you got people in the group that are not going to challenge them who are not going to, you know, they're not going to rock the boat. They just don't like conflict. So they're going to say, okay, whatever, but I may not agree with it, but I ain't going to say nothing because this ain't my way I'm just here. So that is some of the things that I do see conflict. Um, I do see jealousy a lot. I do see jealousy a lot. I don't know what it is about weddings, funerals, but it brings out people want to be the center of attention. They're jealous of how something is going because they didn't have that for their wedding. It's just like their heart to find a happy medium for this person. Enjoy it for them. Who's not to say, yeah, you probably, this might be your 12th wedding that's bridesmaid. But true enough, if that was the case, you've had plenty of opportunities to say, no, I don't want to be a bridesmaid. So, or you should have had that, you know, conversation where I just can't be in the wedding instead of now trying to bring all that into the mix of everyone else trying to be happy for the couple. And see with that, like, like, as you were talking, I was like, well, how do you pick the right people? Like how, I mean, like, I understand like you pick, decide, you like, how do you decide? <laughs> Yeah, like, how do you decipher who to put in your wedding and who not to put in your wedding? And, like, like how do you know if someone's not going to be happy for you? Because that's kind of, like, hard, you know? Because, like, I've seen that, too. I've seen that, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, these people were super close to this person. So it's kind of, like, how Joan you... and Tony. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, like, you well, won't well, know it until the end. <laughs> yeah, but and that's why when you first know you got engaged and you start playing, that's one of the things early on you should be thinking about instead of letting that be something six months, seven months, nine months out. You need to start thinking about who do you want to be a part of your day as soon as possible for that reason. Have some events, have a get together at your house, not an engagement party, just some things where people come and mingle and be together because Anybody that's in your wedding party, you've got a relationship with them for some years, hopefully. And so you kind of already know, like we, we right now know we got some friends right now of three of us that we know we can't put them with some other friends because yeah. it ain't going <laughs> to Yeah, you're right. You already know she don't jail with her. So I got to be keep her in this group and keep her in this group because we can't put them together in a group because then you're going to get the phone call with her. Well, what she was talking about, why she came, she my friend, just like you, my friend. So don't, you know, so you already kind of kind of got a sense of who going to mix and who's not going to be, who's going to be the oil and water. You're going to already kind of know that. But like you said, until you get in the mix of it, 
people you think, because that's true, because that was what me, people who I thought were happy for me were not happy for me. And when they got the opportunity to control that situation, they took it. So now if you got somebody that's truly not happy for you and they, done, and they done made them honor, Oh, they're going to run it. They're going to run it unless, uh, but mm-hmm. not for me now. I, I, I pick <laughs> up on it very quick and I'm yeah. like, no, no, man, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that today. So, but, um, it's kind of hard when you think you got the right people, but as a bride, you don't. And those are the things that as wedding planners, the behind the scenes stuff that we have to squash and put the fires out that y'all don't even know about. That's what we do. We put all that stuff out. You might not, we might tell you a year from now. I may tell you, but I ain't going <laughs> to tell you the minister because I want you to be happy when we go look at these dresses. I want you to be yeah. happy when we look at these invitations. I don't want you to feel like, okay, now I got to go deal with this issue. Mm-mm. I ain't going to tell you then. I'm going to tell you, but I ain't going to tell you in the midst of all that. Oh, that's rough. That's... It's, yeah, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard, but yeah. And I would say out of the biggest of it is the jealousy part. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know why that creeps into a happy situation like a wedding. Mm-mm-mm. What expectations should the bride set upon asking her friends to be bridesmaids? And I think you kind of sort of touched on those already, but um, but if you could provide, you know, like some other, I guess like some other expectations I think one of the main one I didn't say was communication. You just keeping those lines of communication open throughout the process and knowing what you and that goes both ways. A bride not assuming they know what she wants and not telling them, but truly putting it out there. I need you on Friday at two o'clock to be here, not soon. Okay, we're gonna be on Friday. Oh, I thought you knew that. You knew that was coming up. No, we gotta communicate both ways. And just being honest and open about what you're wanting from them on the day and other things, the the cost being upfront about the cost, just having those truly conversation of this is the expectations of your role that I'm giving you in my wedding. And what I'm seeing now is a lot of brides are doing these little care boxes with different personalized things in them. Um, it, it may be a picture from them and that person's from their childhood in the box and then going in. This is why I'm asking you to be my maid of honor, because I know you will make sure that 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 that, that is on the list. Like, oh, I got to make sure I'm doing all these things because she don't put it on this piece of paper. And that's what she expecting of me as the maid of honor and a matron of honor. So just being clear and open what is expected and what you want them to do. I like that. Communication is key, no matter yeah. what. So, mm-hmm. What factors should a bride keep in mind when thinking about the amount of people to include in her bridal party? You got to think about the physical location of weddings. Um, if, the, if it's in a church, looking at the altar area, um, how many people can safely fit up there for the, for the photographs, the overall cost, because a wedding cost is based on every person at their guests and wedding party. It's a chair, it's a linen, it's a plate of food. It's all that goes into the financial cost of a wedding for the entire event. Other things is just for us, just making sure who you're wanting in there for siblings and um, those, those numbers really should be looked at beforehand. So if you're thinking, okay, now my wedding party, I thought was going to be 10, now it's doubled. 
So just having to look at the physical location of those things, what that's going to affect for us to knowing who you really want to be a part of that and just streaming it down to the number that you feel that you and your fiance, the room or bride feel is comfortable to work with. That makes sense. I know when I was going through the process, <laughs> I forgot about the makeup and the hair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe I would have, <laughs> you know, scaled it back because there are certain mm-hmm. things that I just as the bride wanted to be able to pay for and not mm-hmm. have them come out of pocket for every single thing. So it's like, if I can't right. buy your dresses, let me at least get your makeup done or at least, you know, mm-hmm. like, let me do something for you. So right. those are points I didn't even think about even with my my one day wedding being still up in the air. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, because those things add up. And like you said, you want to mm-hmm. be, you got about the gifts that you want to give them on top of everything else. Um, if you're going to mm-hmm. give them a bunch, if you're going to give them a dinner party just for the wedding party itself. So, yeah, that, that factors into the overall cost of everything. Exactly. Quick question. So does the bride have to give a gift? Is it like proper etiquette? Yeah, it's proper etiquette to give a gift. And that gift could either be their jewelry, their hair, their makeup, or it can be Mm -hmm. something tangible outside of that, that you're going to get something monogram or robe or something like that. But etiquette wise, it should be something because if they themselves have paid for everything up until that point, Yes, definitely give them a gift. But if you have taken care of everything for them, whatever you give them at that point, it doesn't have to be something big and tangible as a gift. Um, For example, um, not just a gift for the wedding party, but favors for your wedding guests. One of the things that I try to instill in my couples is to always give back. I'm a person that always try to give back whenever I can. So instead of giving out bubbles that's going to be on the floor, something that's not going to be edible, do a donation to a charity or something in their name and then get the cards back from that charity. Because we work with a lot of different ones that actually give you the cards to give to them, say, hey, in honor of John and Jane's wedding, a gift was given to this foundation in your name. So at that point, you're giving them the opportunity to see some things that you love for is giving back and it's not something tangible, but um, etiquette wise, yeah, it's good to do something for them. Okay. Thank you so much for answering that. I was just like, you know, cause like, I mean, cause this is a question that, you know, I feel like people will ask. I mean, of course, I mean, we know that it's proper etiquette, but you know, there are some people out there who just like, yeah. You know, I gave them mm-hmm. um, this dinner. I gave them this brunch. That's they all they get from me. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I see that. I see that in these Facebook groups all the time. Folks are always like talking about, do I have to get a gift for my bridal party or their, do I have to tip my vendors? And it's like, y'all come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't. And they the don't. answer is yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Okay. Why wouldn't you want to do that? If they give you great service, why wouldn't you want to give them a tip? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so how should one handle a competitive bridesmaid? 
Mm. competitive for us with the bride like everything uh-huh. the bride wants they got something yeah to or, they wanna... or they are 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 they planning their wedding too were they in my wedding they're planning their wedding too and mm-hmm. they want to be in the room for everything so for example I, I was in a wedding and one of her best friends wanted to be in the dressing room with her and her mom and like, you know, the photographer was in there taking pictures. She wanted to be in the room. Meanwhile, the other bridesmaids and, you know, everyone else was in another room, but she mm-hmm. had to get dressed in her room. She had to be there. And it's just like, like let her have her moment with her mom and her grandmother. Let her have her moment. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, how do you, you was know, a planner there? When she was doing all that? The planner, she was there, but, you know, she wasn't in the room with them at the time. Okay. Well, other bridesmaids were like, why don't you get dressed in our room? Or why won't you just, you know, come over here so she can have her her time? And she was like, no. I mean, she said it was fine. I can be in there if I want to. Blah, blah, blah. She kind of got an attitude. But it's kind of like, you know, like you don't have to be there all the time. I mean, I don't know if she was trying to be competitive, but, you know, but it was like. Yeah, she should have not been in the room Um, for standing ovations. I do have, you know, how your mother's always called the lady in waiting that actually is there with the bride and all that. I have someone that's my buffer when I can't actually be up there in the room if I'm doing something else. But I have someone that is assigned to the bride for that reason, because at some point they want that time with their mom. They want that time by themselves they want that time with that photographer with their grandmother we don't need it's gonna be a point we're gonna bring y'all in there to get these pictures and shots and everybody can have their moments with them and i'm gonna let the bride tell me who you want to come in now with you by yourself you tell me who i need to go get and bring it here but no they shouldn't be in there and then another part of that for someone that's trying to be competitive or be in the room I may be the planner for this bride, but this young lady don't have no planner. So she's trying to get ideas and my services with her. I'm like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> you 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 plan your own wedding. So let's let her have her moment on this side of what she's planning. But yeah, it, it's you're going to have those bridesmaids that feel like they're entitled for some reason to be in that space or be competing with the bride when they shouldn't be in that. And that's what a good planner does. They know when to step in and diffuse that immediately. And nine times out of 10, a good planner has already set that tone long before the wedding day. So when it comes to the wedding day, they know not to even go up there or go where that room is because they already know how that planning team feels about that bride in their space. So yeah, and it, it and, and then a bride gonna say yeah because it's their wedding day. They don't want no conflict. They just gonna be happy. They don't care what nobody doing. They get married. So they yeah. they really not thinking about it like we're thinking about it. So it's no they really. But then once they come back and see the picture, they're like, well, why is she in this picture with me and my mama? Why is she in this room? That's when <laughs> that's when it clicks. Then, yeah, they're in the moment, so they're not gonna really be trying to to push them out the room or anything at that time. Uh. Now, some brides will. Now, I don't get wrong, I'll have some bridezillas, but 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 majority of them they're not gonna be looking at it like that. 
Gotcha. Now, can a bride demote one of their bridesmaids or, you know, the maid of honor or, or even like the matron of honor? Like, and if so, <laughs> what, like, is that appropriate? Well, I've, I've seen it happen, but it was after the fact they told me. So, so I'm going down at one of my monthly meetings and asking about, check, oh, she's not in the wedding party no more. I'm like, huh, what happened? Well, then they tell me the story. Well, I just told her I just didn't feel like it was good for her to be in the wedding party anymore. So I'm like, hey, she's out. But it, it was never to the point where they came to me and asked, should I move them? Should I take them out? Nine times they've already had done it. But it has to be a strong reason for you to take that from someone. And a lot of times just from a, being a therapist, you kind of let people work that out themselves and realize, you really don't want to be the maid of honor, but you in the role and let them come to you and say, hey, I just can't do all this like I thought. Let me just be a bridesmaid. Once you let Karen be the maid of honor, because she seems to be on it in the group and she loves you just as much as I do. I don't mind if I switch roles with her. Now, that would be a good bridesmaid if someone did that. But I don't know how often you're going to see that, but I've seen it happen. You know, I've seen people do it all the time. But a lot of times when they've done it hastily, it was out of anger and then they regretted it because at some point they gotten back and then now it's like, oh, I should have just left that alone, not changed anything. So if it was an opportunity for me to talk with them about it before they did it, I will hopefully the couple would come and talk to me before they say, hey, I'm going to take him out or take her out or move her to motor to something else. What you think? Yeah. But yeah it all the time. And I think that's good that, you know, especially if you and your planner have a good relationship, I think that's best to run it by them as well. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, like your mom, you know, or like your grandmother or like your best or like, well, hopefully it's not your best friend, but, you know, but someone, you know, that is probably a little bit more wiser, you know, and Mm -hmm. who has seen it all. So, so yes, I think that's, I think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I've seen it with brides and their sisters, you know, the Mm. sisters, they've to it and then the mom now is like you said that's the person who's mediating this because she don't want her to be her maid of honor or matron or she don't want any but now the mom gotta mediate between the girls to figure out what is gonna be best for everybody so yeah those family situations with those siblings and and wedding it can get kind of sticky because you gotta realize now this wedding is one day they gonna be your sister for the rest of your life so we got to get a balance of what decision you are making about this wedding. So, yeah. That's a perfect segue into this next question. So how do you deal with those family members that are reckless and especially those that are reckless and they're contributing to the wedding budget, if not paying for all of it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I- I have I have a story where one is an uncle that um, was paying for the niece for the wedding for the catering. And, you know, I try to use people's strengths when they come at me as if, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I've been doing this for 13 some plus years. But I'm OK, I'm going to hear you. Out. I'm going to hear you. Out. I want this caterer to do this da, 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 because I'm paying. I want this because I'm paying. OK, so when we start having the meetings with the caterer early on, let's meet with them um, so that you can give your ideas of what you think. And then we can all be on the same page. And I try to do that so that everyone has a voice at the table so that they understand 
it's okay that you're paying, but at the end of the day, it's what your niece is wanting or your daughter is wanting. So those early on conversations of what they're paying for and the expectations should be had. So as to, now you're not going to solve all the problems. I mean, you're not going to have everybody's not going to walk away happy because they're going to still be like, well, I paid for this and this is what I want. But like I said, at the end of the day, this is one day, but this is your child or your sibling or somebody forever after this day. So it's kind of hard when people throw their weight around when they're paying. And I feel like it's such a disservice for the couple because at some point you feel like you held hostage because they're paying for it. And like, do you really mm-hmm. want them to pay for it? And you got to hear all this or are you like, okay, just let them have what they want. Because at, at the end of the day, I feel like the couples lose out when you have that type of family member that is forcing things on them because they're paying for it. And that's not right. what they want. And they feel obligated because okay, this is helping my budget because they're saying they're going to pay for it. So I, I, I'm going to let you have whatever this meal is, but I don't even eat that. I don't even want that. You know, I don't even want my cake right. to look like But since you're paying for it, you know, it's kind of hard. That's why I don't like people to do stuff for me when it comes to me. Like, I don't want to have. I'm like, well, thank you, but no thank you. Because that's, right. what, that's what happens. It, it's kind of hard because they start wanting to things to be for them and it's not their day mm-hmm. they hold it over your head and mm-hmm. you know i did this and, and, and I, I think it should be like this i think we should be doing this i was like okay and then you have the family members that um you don't even know what all they paid for because they've been so silent and just made it about the couple but they've been writing the checks all along right and, and and they so appreciative. They'll come and say, I really appreciate you taking care of my child. Da, 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 da. And, 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 you know, you have this, both sides of that. The ones that don't get in the way and the ones that do. But the ones that do is always because they're trying to live an event or a wedding through this person that they didn't have. Mm. Or they want you to know, I can take care of this. And this is what's going to happen. Mm. Uh. But you know what? This is a great segue into our next question. Mm-hmm. How do you handle rude or irresponsible in-laws? Woo, girls. Lord Jesus. You have to just be <laughs> tactful. <laughs> <laughs> because you want to go there so bad. And you're like, honey, get somewhere, please, and sit down. <laughs> um I think I've been working with my team so long, the people that are on stand ovation team that they can read me and they know when somebody's gotten to me. So they come and intervene like, why don't you come over and let's do this because they know I'm going to go there because I'm like, why are you being so rude and obnoxious at the day? If this person cared, if you cared about them so much and love them so much, why are you doing this today? Why are you making this big scene today being just just over the top for no reason, just extra for no reason? Why? We, you're trying to be the center of attention when you're putting attention on the wrong place and the wrong person. And it's not even it should not even be about you today. It's just to the point where you have to cut them off, be straight to the point, blunt what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. You're not going to be rude to me. You're not going to be rude to my staff. You're not going to be rude to these guests. 
if it's an issue, let's talk about it. Let's move to the side. Let's go in the back. But we're not going to give you a show right here on the floor because this is what you wanted at. It's to the point sometimes you have to do them like children. Pull them, just going to pull them out the scenery because that's what they want to see. So let's just take the <laughs> scene away because now you don't have your audience. I'm going to give you right. go back here and talk about it because that's what they try to do with it right. They're like, why are we doing this right here? This don't even have to be done right here. So you have to really do that to them. Like, okay, really, what is the issue? What is the problem? So that we can address it. Because I'm not going to go to that unprofessional side with you at this person's wedding. Now, you call me tomorrow, you're going to get a different recap. <laughs> but today, I am not going to go there with you. Right. So, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Lord. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so is there any reason or is there ever a reason to uninvite a family member? To a wedding? Yes. As a, as a guest? As a guest, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess when you're doing a wedding, you get to see the dynamics of families and how they function. And I always ask my couples early on, be honest with me because I'm the face of your day on the day of your wedding. You're not going to be on that floor. You're not going to be right here when whatever pop off happens. Be honest with me. I'm very, I keep whatever you tell me in confidence. I'm very professional. Confidentiality is a key for me and my team. We don't talk. We're not gossiping at weddings. We're not talking about what this wedding did at the next wedding because you don't know who know who at these weddings. So I implore them to be honest with me if there is something that I need to know so that I can prevent your day from being ruined. I don't care how, and I let them know. I, I, I said, sweetheart, it is nothing you can tell me that I have not seen from a wedding guest, from a parent or uncle or someone. I said, so it's best you tell me and give me photos. If we already know we got a security issue with somebody, I need to photo other person. So the security note, don't let them up in here. If this person show up at the door, don't let them come up in here. I don't want them to get in here. Then mm-hmm. you tell me the backstory as to why they can't be there. Now I got to try to get them out. Right. So it's all about being honest. I've had it where brides felt kind of uneasy about to the point of who's going to walk them down the aisle. They got their biological dad. They have step parents and they trying to figure out how the roles will work without hurting people's feelings. Or I don't want nobody in my wedding. And I said, well, think about that because this is your wedding day. You don't want to regret something that you could have address early on so I just ask the couples to be honest with me from the start and I know I'm new to you you just met me we just started playing you might not tell me that the first week you got all these issues with these people in your family no because you're trying to earn my trust is like I'm trying to earn yours but before we get to that wedding day and we start working on this guest list who gonna sit where seeing charts and all that that's typically when all this comes out. And then I get the phone calls after the meeting. Hey, Ms. Raquel, we didn't talk about this, but we need to tell you about such and such and the issues we have with them. I have this uncle. He drinks too much. I got an open bar. I already got a family member that's signed to him, but I just want you to know if it's something happened, I got a family member that's going to get him to you know, take care of him. I'm not expecting you to do it, but I just want you to know what the issues are. So I always 
am thankful that my couples get to the point of where they trust me to tell me those confidential things about family issues because I can't do anything and try to correct it if I don't know. So I try to get them to the point where they trust me enough to tell me the hard things and people. And, and I have to let them know. I said, baby, every family got something. My family got issues just like you. That says ain't nobody got no perfect family where they just this, this picture perfect group. No, they don't happen that way. So it's just to the point of whatever I can do to continue to make sure your day is as enjoyable as you want it. Tell me so I can make sure it happens. No one else has to know why. I'm right up on this uncle. No one has to know why I'm keeping an eye on this person and that person. They don't have to know that. I know, and you know. That's all that needs to know. So um, that's why I feel like it's, it, it just comes down to being honest and open and trusting that what you're telling me is in confidence and I'm going to take care of whatever you're asking me to take care of. Oof. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can't have no ratchet family members, no drunk <laughs> uncles, no nothing around you. I love that. <laughs> I'm like, honey, girl. I mean, I had one where they didn't tell me and oh my God, we was trying to figure it out. And, and it was just to the point of, you know, some people get embarrassed. They don't want you to know they family issues. And I have to let them know I'm here to help you. You're, you're here. I'm here for you. And like I, t- I have to let them know it's confidential. Just figure out what we need to do. But we got to address it because mm-hmm. if not, it's, they finna shut down this reception. <laughs> right. I mean, if they, if they let, it's going to be shut down. Security don't care. They don't care about that. They just know that this is not supposed to be going on and they finna end your wedding reception. Mm. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. We got two more. <laughs> you've already, <laughs> you've already brought this up, but. I just want to confirm. So we should, as brides, grooms, um, members of the bridal party, we should let the wedding planner know or get involved when it comes to kind of like these family-based arguments or disputes or if there's something going on with the bridal party. Like we should let you know, right, so that you're not just coming into this blind. Yes, Um so that I can help as much as I can or address things as much as we can. Because with my team, uh, we meet like I have a wedding coming up in a few weeks and we have right now everything is virtual. But when we're in person, we actually sit down, look at seating charts and know what people are doing and where th- so that we can communicate and be in key roles of where we need to be as to what is going on. So. I would hope, but they don't tell me everything. They're going to try to figure out some stuff on their own, but I would hope they would trust me enough to let me know what needs to be addressed and what they want to make sure I'm fully aware of so that I can protect them, protect the couple, protect the integrity of this event and what's going on so that everything is okay as much as possible. So yeah, I really would hope they would feel comfortable enough talking to me um and i feel like i try to make myself approachable i feel like i am approachable or my team approach we try to get in there and to the point where i had a couple um my event manager she's a special special education teacher with special needs and she worked with kids with autism i had a wedding party member who had a child with autism that was at the wedding they can't do well with crowds so 
at rehearsal, she noticed that Sinitra was really interacting well with her child. She said, Miss Sinitra really is working good with her. And I told her, I said, she's a special needs teacher. She already know what your son needs because that's the arena she's in outside of standing ovations. And she was so appreciative hmm. of because she saw somebody else trying to help manage what she was trying to do on her own and be a wedding party member. Right. So you, you, you try to connect with your couple and their wedding party as much as you can. And I, and I pride myself on that for our team that we do try to connect with everybody as much as we can just for that reason. Oh man. I, I never would have thought about like the, you yeah. know, kind of your experience and knowledge outside of wedding planning being able to kind of like help remedy some of these situations. So, oh my gosh. Oh, that's and perfect. Girl, uh, yeah, I love that. That can pray. And when they, and when, because I was like, okay, everybody's a praying person. But then I have some of my team that, that he's a prayer warrior, honey. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm ready to pray. And he pray. And, and then they were like, oh my goodness. I was like, look, you can't be doing all that. Every time we all him mascara, makeup, running, they just got the makeup done. <laughs> <laughs> things outside of this industry that you have in your personal life or your other career it can factor into this part of weddings because it is stressful and you try to eliminate that stress as much as possible and just connect with people Mm. oh man all right one more question so what advice would you give to any brides or grooms that are dealing with like unruly family members or just you know bridesmaids i can't quite get along um if the conversations aren't getting through if you've had conversations with them and you tried your best to remedy whatever the issues are um Mm -hmm. don't invite them uninvite them and let family members know why they're not coming. If the person is in a wedding party and they bring that negative energy into the wedding party, you don't try to meet with them. We don't talk with them. Everybody has talked with them. Okay. We can remove you. It's not like you have to be here or, you know, it, it's just point of the couple realizing at what point is enough going to be enough of trying to accommodate the unruly family members, the unruly wedding part at what point is enough for you that is not going to ruin your day ruin your marriage with your spouse just ruin things for you because like i tell is there is no do-overs now we're gonna do your wedding this saturday now we can't do it over because somebody just don't shut it down now we're gonna come and try not have them there the next time so we need to realize at what point you felt as the the bride or the groom, you've done your part. You've talked with them. You sat down with them. We've had meetings with them because you don't want to keep continuously trying to address something. And it's to the point where it's making you upset. And one of the biggest thing I always hate to hear a couple say when it comes to these issues, is I'm just so over it. I'm just so over it. I'll be glad when this wedding come and go because everybody's not doing what I need them to do. That is the one thing that I always said we would not get to that. If we get to that point, then it's something we need to try to do different because you should never feel that way about your wedding day that you've let these unruly people take over your joy. And that's truly what they're doing. They're taking over your joy. That's real good. That's Mm -hmm. really good. Speaking, I have like I have one more question for you. Speaking about <laughs> taking over your joy, 
because you've been a planner for a very long time and like and like as you said before you've seen it all what would happen if let's say an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend comes in crashes the wedding or comes in on the part where you know the pastor says you know does anyone object Mm -hmm. you know like do you think that the bridal party should step in and, you know, handle the situation or, you know, like, is that the planner's job to handle that situation? Or, you know, like, has, like, has that, has that situation ever happened? And I'm thinking of like a different world and Dwayne. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Girl. Ashley's, um, Ashley's husband hates that part because he does. He's like, he where so was the so groomsmen? Yes, right. See, see, if I can get to them and I see some, if I see them, because all this has happened to conversation before. Because the couple is going to tell me, you know, they're going to try to crash this, or or they're going to try to come. So okay, so I need two security guards at the door. I'm giving them the picture now because I've had that where she didn't get in there because I had the picture of them. She tried to come into the church. Then she tried to go to the venue where the reception was and she couldn't get in there. But it was because he told me, Brad didn't know, but then he, the groom told me, I don't want this to happen, but I've gotten wind or I think she's still trying to do something. I said, well, who is she? Because I don't know. I need a picture. I need a current picture of her from yesterday. I don't want you to give no picture. But when you were dating and some of you don't pull it back from three, I want a picture of what she looked like right now so that I can give it to security. I'm not contractually for liability reasons. We're not going to put our hands on anybody. You should never put your company or yourself in a position like that because that's not my role. If security is there, then it's my role to coordinate that with security. But if I'm able to diffuse it before it gets to the point of them getting up there to the altar or getting into the middle of the ceremony, then we'll immediately try to usher that person out. But who's actually doing it is the law enforcement, if I know that. But if law enforcement's not there, because a lot of people don't have security at their wedding because they don't need it, then I do try to look and hope that someone in the audience who is a family member or someone knows, okay, they're not supposed to be here. Let's try to get them out and and diffuse this as much as possible. But I always try to know that up front. But if, if, if we can get to the person before they get into the mix of getting in there, then yeah. But if they are already in there sitting on the fourth row right down the end and they close, then I will hope one of the groomsmen or somebody will block that or somebody that's right there because you got to realize your role is to protect that couple at all costs. Your role is to be there for them and protect their day, protecting them. So that may mean you shielding them from any craziness that could go on like that. So, so yeah, it, I, I've, I've had it. I had that one time and she tried to get into the ceremony. She tried to get into church. She couldn't get into church. Then she went to the reception. She tried to get into the reception and she couldn't get in there. But she was outside Ooh. as a scene. Like, literally, how dare you? You just broke up with me and da 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 da. I'm like, you're making yourself look very needy out here. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. God. Yeah. It's like, he's not going to run to you at this yeah, moment. He's not boo. Here. he's not coming out he's not he's not coming yeah. out yeah oh my god but yeah but that is the role of the bridesmaid and the groomsmen just just fy 
that it's also yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that oh is my gosh. Center because um, contractually and our liability clauses in contracts, and that's why I tell everybody to truly review your contracts. We mm-hmm. will not be enforcing anything for us, you know, physically move removing people or anything like that. We will address it. But if you feel like at some point you're going to have some issues going on with your event, I highly recommend you have security. And that is a mandate. Once you let me know that, okay, well, who, what security company you want me to call? Because I got three or four of them that we can get on standby and you can call them, work that contract out with them for four to five hours to be at your event. Because they're the ones that's going to enforce it to that point. That's good. That's real good. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for answering that extra question. (laughs) (laughs) That just came to mind. (laughs) Oh, goodness. That was a good one, though. Wedding party will have that instinct to say, hey, wait a minute. What you doing? No, you're not going to ruin this day and not just stand there and watch it happen. So you will hope that now some people may not feel comfortable enough if they are wedding party members to do that, but Mm -hmm. you will hope that they know, okay, yeah, we already know she can go to this level. Somebody need to get her because they already probably know the person that's causing the scene and know she will will do that. Mm -hmm. And and probably should have said like, how did they get in here? And I'm hoping that somebody would know like how he got in here. You know, that's an ex (laughs) and tell me before the ceremony start, it's somebody in here and this person right here. And if we can try to figure out before we get started, I'm hoping someone, because they're going to stick out like a sore thumb. Of course. Right. They're going to, somebody's going to know why are they here? What are they going to do? They, they're not here because they care. So, Mm-mm. and see, they going to know them before we, because we don't know these people. Right. Mm. Tania, you better not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So we're going to not let you go yet. We are going to now get into unsolicited advice, which is the segment I do every week where I provide advice you didn't ask for because that happens when you get engaged. Um, This week is actually to the brides. Look, not everybody's going to buy you gifts off your registry. Some people want to send you money in the mail. And uh, when they do that, Make a note, either tell folks in advance, put it on your wedding website. Let people know that you have not changed your name immediately. So if they're going to write a check and address it to you, please have them put it in your maiden name so you can actually deposit the check. Because can I tell you how many checks I have downstairs for Ashley Coffee? The banks don't know who Ashley Coffee is. No, they don't. They don't know who you are yet. <laughs> they don't know yet. So I, I'm going through that process now. And so if they address it to your husband, um, you know, thinking if, you know, if you're marrying a man and your husband's name is not about to change and not he's not taking your last name or y'all not doing a combination or whatever, have him put in his name or something where it's easy to deposit afterwards. Um, but just a little reminder, cause <laughs> you you also want to be able to deposit folks checks in a timely manner, but like, you know, sometimes there are holdups. And so that that's my little piece of advice for this week. Y'all. So I didn't um, even think of that. That is true. That is so true. Or I have say, like twenty, and don't put a name on it. 
Thank you. Congratulations. You trying to figure out, okay, now who do I send a thank you note to? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm and I'm having to tell you, thank you for your gift. We got it. But on the flip side of things, I have some where I don't know who gave the gift because for some they didn't put a name at all and for others they put my name so i'm like <laughs> you said it to yourself <laughs> yeah i'm like i didn't i didn't buy this and macy's is really weird because macy's won't always tell you in the like thank you part the registry manager part it won't always say like this item came from this person it has like some vague kind of descriptions where it's like, this is a kitchen appliance or this is kitchen and the color is gray or the color is silver. And you're like looking at this Instapot, looking at this, looking at, you know, some like cutlery and everything's silver or gray. So you're like, I don't know if someone got me this utensil set or if someone got me this air fryer, you know, or like a blender. So, <sighs> Yeah. Very, very frustrating, but fun times in registry gifts. So make a mental note, Tania, when that time comes. I'm, I'm go- I feel like I'm going to help you with all this. We're going to have your thing <laughs> speak and span. Be like, make sure this, 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 this. Okay, we're good. All right. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but I was going to say, can I add one that, that seems to come up when you get your RSVPs back if you're doing the actual ones in the mail? Mm-hmm. Code them on the back. Like if you sent one to John Smith, Sarah Smith, write that on the back corner because they're sending back and just say two coming and you won't even know whose name is who who's it for because Ooh. they won't put it front. So I always ask my couples to come up with a coding system of putting the people's first name, last initial or something so that when it does come back and it's not anything on the front, you can flip it over and you know who you sent it to. Because people do that now. They won't fill it out. That's a good one. I didn't think about that. Because, you know, with us doing it digitally, we didn't have anything to, like, have people send back. But I forget, like, traditionally, you get the little RSVP card that don't have someone's name on it. Yeah. But when you send it out, you know, you send it out all cute package with the envelope Mm -hmm. and the date card and all that stuff. Mm. Tania, write your your notes. Get your notes, Tara. Yeah, I've been taking notes all throughout this because you definitely gave us some real good advice, some good points. And so, yeah, yeah, I've been taking notes. Um, All right. So we're going to move into the wedding vendor love. And so, Raquel, I'm going to have you go first. Who would you like to shout out this week? Um, I would like to shout out Custom Events by Wendy. Um, Wendy Muhammad. She's a floral designer and planner um, in the wedding industry. Um, love working with Wendy and she's here in the South Georgia area, Southwest Georgia area. And also would like to shout out for photography, um, Keith Hammett photography. Um, he's in middle Georgia and Daryl Moore photography. He's in middle Georgia as well. There are two photographers that do a great job with wedding photography. Very nice. Ashley, who do you have this week? Ooh, okay. So I kind of feel like I've shouted her out before, but I'm not sure. It's a photographer. Her name is Avon, and I feel like I'm not pronouncing it right. Um, I think she's based in Pennsylvania, but she 
also does like Pennsylvania, North Carolina. She travels back and forth and then she'll do weddings and anywhere, you know, that you need her. Um, but her photography is, you know, it's my style is moody. It's fine art. It's documentary and all that good stuff. So her Instagram is Avon photography and it could be Avonay. I could be pronouncing it wrong. If so, I do apologize, but um, A-V-O-N-N-E photography.com. So that is my vendor I'm shouting out this week. What about you, Tania? So this week, I'm actually going to shout out a, a limousine company. They are based out of Atlanta. Of course, it's black owned. Um, they actually did Cynthia Bailey and Mike Hill's wedding. So, hmm. uh, so he serviced them for their wedding. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to go ahead and shout them out. He has a beautiful, I guess this is a Hummer limousine. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, his, you know, I do not have his name, but the company is called Renowned Limos, and that's R E N O W N Limos, and you can find him on Instagram. And I think he also has a website, but definitely hit him up on Instagram and look him mm. up online. Yes, that's who I have this week. Good to know, because I know before we got to, you know, COVID and all of that, when we were mm -hmm. still planning, um, Ed was looking for a limousine company to escort us from the venue. But mm -hmm. um then you know COVID hit, so we didn't have to like follow through on that. But yeah, I think this week is when we're supposed to start planning again for next summer. So I'm going to circle back to him and be like, "All right, so we need to um, get that vendor book." So mm -hmm. yeah, yes, definitely look into him. And here for, of course, black-owned um, companies all the time, especially black on wedding based companies because if you're going to spend a lot of money you might as well spend it within our community um yeah i think that's just like the easiest and most obvious way to give back a lot of money is yeah through weddings weddings and funerals like you were saying earlier um yeah but yeah so thank you again for hanging out with us tonight and answering all of our questions. This is not the last time you are going to be on here with us. I would hope not. I enjoyed it, ladies. This is great. I really did. Thank you. Thank you so much. You really told us like so much. I really hate that we're having this conversation now and not like a year ago. <laughs> yes. But I mean, things are like, this is such a relevant episode. I think like, yeah, it could be five years from now and we're going to play this back and everything <laughs> you're saying is still like going to ring true. So it really Ooh, is. Thank you for coming on. This was really um, good. I really enjoyed this. You know, like this whole it, conversation. So you. exactly. Yeah. So where can people find you if they want to know more, um, want to, you know, have a consultation or if they want to book you, what should they do? Well, um, I can be reached on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is at Standing Ovations Events GA. I'm on Facebook as Standing Ovations Weddings and Events. Our webpage is www dot standing ovations ga.com and all of our phone numbers are listed there email address is info 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 
at standingovationsga.com and they can send me their information via there so that then I can send them back the process to book a consultation to discuss their upcoming event. Very nice. Okay, Tania, you know what I'm going to ask you? Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. Where can they find us? Well, you can find us at huidu.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at huiduwed. Um, you can find Ashley at Demitosh on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can find me at Bell Suri on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any problems, just go on huid.com and you can find us on there. We are very easy to find. Well, yes. Good job, Tania. Um, again, thank, thank you. you so much for coming on and chatting with us tonight. Um, we hope we were a good distraction from all the political news because we're recording this on election day. So hopefully uh, this when is we great distraction. <laughs> yes. Like when you booked it for this day, I was like, oh no, that's actually perfect because <laughs> that allows me to not pay attention for at least two hours. Mm-hmm. So um thank you again for coming on. And yes, like I said, you. we're gonna have you back. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. I really appreciate it and looking forward to doing it again. However I can help, just let me know. I'll be very welcome to do it again. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Well, thank you. you. Yes, and you have a good night. Yes, have a good night. And be safe. And be safe, please.